You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays at 4 p.m., heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to the show as a podcast, we here at the uh, radio show and the radio station encourage you to consider listening to the show live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Succession Strategies, Commerce National Bank, Smart Business Magazine, and our newest sponsor, Smart Stop Self Storage. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, make better decisions. If you're listening to the program live today, and you know who you are, you can join in the conversation with my featured guest, Mana Kadar of Mana Kadar Cosmetics, simply by finding the community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website. If you log in there with your Twitter handle, this will connect you to our nerve center, to the gentleman on the other side of the glass for me here in the studio. That's our engineer today, Paul Roberts. Paul will be able to bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and I'm sure I could probably work them into the conversation that I have planned with Mana today. We're going to be right back with Mana Kadar, but first, we're going to spend just a few minutes with a couple of our sponsors. You're listening to Orange County's only station with critical business information, Critical Mass, with your host, Rick Franzi. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com Got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'm excited to have Mana Kadar on the show. You know, I invited Mana to be on our show to discuss the key ingredients for Mana Kadar cosmetic success. Mana was born in Paris, France, and realized her love of cosmetics from a young age. 
With over 15 years in the cosmetic industry, Mana is known as a beauty expert amongst her peers. Welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show, Mana. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Let's begin simply by asking if you could talk about your professional background, sort of your path to starting and running your own firm. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Sure. Well, I'll, I'll take you way back. Um, I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. So that started when I was uh, 14. And I remember walking into, um, what, well, what is now Costco Price Club back then. And I saw these vending machines that they had for sale. So an idea ignited and I decided, uh, right then and there that I was going to start my, my own little vending machine route. So, um, you know, to my mom's surprise, because she had to drive me around and, and schluck me around to, to fill these, uh, vending machines. You know, it, it grew to about, uh, seven vending machines in my route. So, um, after that, I had an opportunity to, uh, start a beauty supply store. So I started out with one store at the age of 16. And um, by the time I was done with uh, USC, I had uh, seven stores throughout uh, three counties and two states. So um, through owning the beauty supply stores, I really had an opportunity to be exposed to many different brands within the, the beauty realm and, and got to know you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of uh, how the industry worked in general. Um, so I sold the line of cosmetics uh, stores in uh, 2002, and then I went into banking for about six or seven years. So um, it was great to work in the corporate banking realm and that I was able to really work side-by-side side with a lot of business owners and learn how their businesses functioned. So gaining that financial um, experience and marrying that with my entrepreneurial experience really helped lead me in the next stage of my life after I left banking, which is when I opened uh, my chain of uh, tanning salon and spas. And then a year later, um, I'm sorry, a year and a half ago, I started my cosmetics line, Mana Kadar Cosmetics. Okay, that is fascinating. I have to ask you, do you come from an entrepreneurial bloodline or how at 14 years old did you, where did that entrepreneurial spark come from? You know, I think it skipped a generation. Uh, my grandfather was uh, big into, you know, important, importing and exporting um, uh, Chinese herbs. So perhaps he sprinkled a little bit of that uh, dust on, on upon me, <laughs> um, you know, when I was born. But um, he's the only one that I can I can see in in my my lineage that actually has that entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, I opened the show by uh, it, when I was introducing you, mentioning that you were not born here in the U.S. You were born in Paris, France. Can, can you kind of just give us a little chronology there? Why were you, you know, Why were your parents in France? Are they are they <laughs> from France? Yeah, so my, my father is, um, he's French and Lebanese, and my mother is Chinese. So um, I was born in, in, in France and had a, a kind of a worldly travels at a young age. It was, we lived in France for a few years and then moved to Switzerland, then to Hong Kong, then then here um, to California, which I've, I've been here for the past 20-plus years and love it in Southern California. So a little bit of a world traveling from an early age. 
So you, you might not have been your typical 14-year-old person just from the life experiences that your parents were able to give you by having you exposed to so many different cultures at such a young age, I would think, as well. Yeah, you know, I, you know now that I, I'm thinking a little bit more, you know, my, my mom, she, she actually became a single, single mother. And um, through the course of seeing her work multiple jobs to... Um, you know, afford me the, the types of response, uh, I'm sorry, opportunities that I've had, uh, from a very young age. I think that is what really sparked that spirit and, you know, how can I help? How can I contribute, you know, to the household? Um, you know, that she was just trying so hard to, to make everything work and, and, you know, would send me to cheerleading camp and to, you know, trips for my school newspaper. So I felt like that was my way of, of giving back and, and contributing. So, Thanks for bringing that to my attention. I really never thought of, you know, where, where that, uh, that initial spark came from. Oh, you're welcome. I'm glad we had that <laughs> learning moment already here so early on the radio show. Usually it's our, our audience that has the learning moments from the guests, but hey, we'll take it whenever, wherever it comes. Yes, absolutely. Let's turn our attention now for a little bit on the cosmetic line, the firm. Tell us about why you decided the world needed another firm doing what your firm is doing, and and how you've created differentiation around your brand in the marketplace. Sure. So we all know that the beauty industry is, is fairly saturated, but you know, having been exposed to so many brands, I certainly found a void in the marketplace. That void existed where um, most products that say they are, you know, long wear, you know, 14-hour long wear makeup, generally isn't. Um, and, you know, makeup just doesn't perform um, how a woman really needs it to perform. So I used myself as, as kind of the, the target audience where uh, I'm generally I'm exposed to people on a daily basis. So there's that pressure uh, and everyone wants to feel and look good on a daily basis. However, we do not want to, you know, be a slave to this regimen of, of getting prepared in the morning every day. So I wanted to create a line of products that were really functional products that streamlined every woman's makeup regimen. So with using our products, we have it down to about seven minutes or less where a woman can apply a complete face of makeup. So, you know, whether that be the busy career woman or the mom or the student, you know, it really is applicable towards all women out there. You said seven minutes? Seven minutes. Come on. Seven. Seven minutes. Really? Wow. Really? That is, well, I have to admit, I don't have the extensive experience with cosmetics, and et cetera, but that just, how do, how do you achieve that? I mean, that just shocks me and that interests me a lot. Right. So what we did was we essentially created really high-quality products, um, and we took, you know, all of the fillers and all of the the stuff that really makes your makeup kind of fade away throughout the day. We eliminated those items. So um, uh, some of the key items are, are primers, and I apologize to the men that are listening. Um, this, I don't mean to bore you, but primers are what you put on before you actually put on any of the color cosmetics, and that really makes the makeup stay throughout the day. Um, another thing that is also great about the makeup is that women will not have to touch up their makeup throughout the day or, or very, very, very minimally. So that's anywhere from someone who has very oily skin to very dry skin. So all of our products are very highly pigmented. So um, from your perspective, you won't have to see your you know, significant other reapplying their lipstick or lip gloss 
several times, you know, throughout the day or having to pull out their compact or mirror and, ha- you know, and have to uh, reapply their, their powder. Their makeup essentially stays put throughout the day. This is fascinating to me. And you said you, you're a graduate of USC. I, I guess I'll backtrack just a second to sort of get a little more for your educational background. What is your degree in from USC? My degree is in uh, finance and distribution management. So how did you develop the chemistries or the combinations, the formulas, the recipes, whatever it is for the cosmetics? I mean, how, how did you, how are you able to create this line of cosmetic products? Oh wow, that, that's, uh, that's um, for a much longer show <laughs> on a different day. But essentially, you know, we work with a team of people who, you know, there's, there's a lot of trial and error and there's a lot of experimentation with, with different things, but, um, you know, there, there was some time in, in just development and it gets to be a bit scientific, but, okay. um, ultimately, ultimately we, we did remove a lot of the, you know, the bad ingredients, so to speak, and the fillers from the product and, and injected good ingredients. So to give you an example, there is about, um, 80 known allergens, uh, out there. So all of the products have, are completely allergy tested so that there are no allergens in any of the products at all. So um, one of our friends who um, actually introduced us, Rick, she has been using the product and um, she previously had rosacea and she's been using one of our products that has com- almost cleared up the rosacea completely. And I think part of the reason why the rosacea was um, triggered was because of the different fillers and, and, you know, the allergens that were left in the product. So she's a great success story for us. So you must have really now become immersed in the science and craft, if you will, behind what it is that you sell. It's a, it's a testament to the entrepreneur's ability to adapt and learn and grow as the business demands it. It's, it's fascinating to me uh, what you've been able to accomplish. You're varied entrepreneurial uh, endeavors at an early age through today and what you're, what you're building today. So we're going to, take our a commercial break. When we come back, man, I wonder if you could discuss with our audience of all the lessons that you've learned in your varied ex- uh, entrepreneurial experience, have, have you developed a guiding principle that you're using to lead and grow your firm? So we're going to hear that from Manika Dar as soon as we come back from this commercial break. My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank relationship officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a small or medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest. 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You know, this show is one in our series of Critical Mass Radio Shows. On Wednesday, we are our show featuring Orange County nonprofit organizations and their leaders. On Thursday at 3 p.m., our nationally syndicated show, Critical Mass Coast to Coast, Feature small and mid-market business leaders from across the country. All of our shows can be heard live here on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcasting services. As well as all of our shows can be found and information about all of our shows can be found on our website, which is criticalmassforbusiness.com. Okay, let's return to our interview with Manika Dar. We left that by me asking her to think about her guiding principle. Amanda, would you share that with our audience, please? Yeah, you know, for me, it's always been really simple, and, and that guiding principle is to, to think outside the box. Uh, that could be relevant to so, so, many, so many different examples, but I'll just give you one. So just recently, I was exposed to um, or introduced to a very popular um, band, and we were just chatting about what's coming up, they have a tour coming up, and talking about different merchandising they do, and I'm like, well, who's your audience? And they told me who their audience was, and I said, well, you know, do you, have you guys considered doing a custom lip gloss color um, that has the title of a very popular song that, that, they, um, that they have, and it happens to be a color? So, you know, within a span of five minutes, we we moved forward with this deal to do um, a lip gloss for their tour. Um, you know, so we're doing a partnership for a specific customized color, um, which was a song of theirs. So, you know, it's, it's really just recognizing the opportunities and, and, and just, you know, seeking those opportunities out. And having the chutzpah to uh, pursue them as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I tell my team often, no, isn't always, no doesn't mean no, no just means not now. So, you know, how do you approach the situation or how how can you present the situation where it's attractive to the, to the person? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Thinking outside of the box has served me very well over the years. That's excellent. We started the and talked earlier in the interview about um, the cosmetic industry, the field being somewhat crowded. I really love to have entrepreneurs on the show who have been able to, through a variety of ways, create a brand when they're really a field where there are a lot of elephants or much larger firms that you know they have to be wary of, but yet create their own identity. Could you 
would you be able to think about and then share with our audience what has allowed you to create to create a firm that's successfully uh, competing and growing? You know, when you have these behemoths in your space. Sure, I, mean, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Is is really just you know making the brand a personal brand. So we have a lot of big name players in the marketplace. However, the typical consumer has a hard time identifying with them. So what I wanted to do with my brand was I put my name on on the brand and I, I wanted to have to have a more personalized relationship with each and every uh, consumer uh, or customer of mine. So, you know, they know that I share the same challenges with makeup and, you know, created solutions for the average um, for every woman out there. And it's not just, you know, a male scientist looking something up because it's it's a you know, fun marketing uh, campaign that they're doing. So it really is just um, reaching each person. And, you know, by putting my name on it, it, it really makes the brand identifiable to a lot of people. And that puts a lot of pressure, I would think, having had other entrepreneurs on whose, who, whose firm are so closely tied to them. It really does put a lot of – it personalizes the business challenges as well because it's your name that's in the marketplace. It's not a brand name. It, the brand name is your, in fact, your name. I think that must add another level of pressure on you as well. You know, I almost don't look at it as pressure. It, I feel like it's, you know, it's my responsibility to uh, represent the, the brand in a, in a certain way. So that – resonates with me on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, whether I'm just walking out of the house or in a meeting, I, I need to make sure that um, I portray my brand properly and so do my, you know, my people that um, are on my team. Um, it, it, it's a fun challenge to have, I believe, and I think that it, it holds, it, it will continue to hold me highly accountable for, you know, everything that I create within the brand. Every entrepreneur has a set of challenges that they're dealing with. It's what part of what I think it's part of what makes it so much fun to be an entrepreneur and build a business, especially when you build it from nothing. Uh, I, I really enjoy having entrepreneurs such as yourself who took an idea and created a product or a service that people now have a allegiance to because you know, before you decided to start Manica Dara Cosmetics, Nobody would have missed it if you didn't do it, right? I mean, it's really off of your energy and vision that has created and passion that's created this business. But can you think about a current challenge that's facing the firm and share with us a little bit about the challenge? But almost more importantly, talk to us about the steps you're taking to mitigate that challenge. Sure. So one of our, I would say, our biggest challenges is um, is distribution. So to your point earlier, you know, we, people are still learning about, about the line. So a lot of times, you know, it's, it's analogous to, you know, when you graduate from college, no one wants to hire you yet because you don't have a, a degree, but I'm sorry, no one wants to hire you yet because you don't have the experience. But how do you get the experience if no one hires you? So we're kind of in that phase right now where we're, we're trying to find larger distribution opportunities. Um, however, as a result of, um, you know, being told no on, on various occasions, you know, we, we find, you know, we go back to my outside the box thinking, it's like, okay, well, you know, if this mass re- retailer tells me no, well, then where can we go um, to, you know, where someone would embrace our line a bit more. So we've done, we've done things like, um, 
you know, the project that I mentioned where we're, we're co-branding with another brand that may be more established or, um, we've also, we, we are also working on custom projects for other very notable brands and or, um, artists or celebrities, if, if you would call it that. And, um, rather than going the retail channel that, you know, most people would consider, we are, um, exploring other distribution opportunities with more, um, of the broadcast type of, uh, sales channels as well. I don't know. I just have a question. Some other uh, entrepreneurs that have been on the show have talked about using a gifting strategy, and I don't know if that's a part of how you've been marketing your brand, or if not, would you share with us your thoughts on uh, gifting strategies for products like yours and your space? Um, by gifting, do you mean as uh, – can you clarify that a bit? Sure. Um, we've had entrepreneurs on who have who have worked hard to get their products in gift bags at – large events like the Oscars or the Emmys and, and, oh. and with the purpose of trying to attract celebrity around their brand to help kind of get recognition for their brand? I think, um, although it's certainly worthwhile to do, um, I think that it's most valuable when you can have some type of marketing opportunity with the celebrity, meaning the celebrity is actually holding your product. Um, I think that's the most value that you can get out of those types of uh, situations. Gifting traditionally has not worked very well for, I, I think, our segment here in the beauty mm-hmm. segment. Um, and to be honest, you know, the celebrities get so many things just given to them for free. I, I'm not a celebrity, and I still get so many things for free that I have a hard time even scratching the surface of all of the free things that are given to me. So I end up giving a lot of those things away. And I'm certain a lot of celebrities give a lot of those things away. So, you know, as an entrepreneur and gifting, I, I think that there are better mechanisms for for marketing out there than gifting because it's just very expensive to do. It is. You give a lot of product away for free and hope that, you know, and, and I guess it does work. I can see how it would work more effectively maybe for, apparel brands where you can if someone's wearing your product it's notice it's known because your name's splashed all over them versus um a more personal product such as yours where they could be wearing your cosmetics and, and how would people know unless they ask i guess like okay right, i see how that right. works okay we're going to take our third commercial break ladies and gentlemen and when we come back we're going to ask mana this question Can you talk about a painful lesson you learned in your business career? In other words, I'm going to ask her to relate a past experience where she learned a valuable business lesson, but it came through at the time what might have felt like a difficult experience. So, man, I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about the answer to that question. Ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. We've got that question and a few more for Manikadar of Manikadar Cosmetics. But first, as I said, we're going to spend a little bit of time with our sponsors. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of vast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. This is the sound of a flat-screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. 
these are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Francie. If you've not seen an episode of Critical Mass TV Show, please go to our website. As I said earlier, it's criticalmass4forbusiness.com, where you'll find a link to our latest show as well as each of our previous shows. The January, we do one show a month, and the January show is about growth, and we feature founder and CEO of Yogurtland, Philip Chang. I think you'll enjoy listening to his conversation about how culture is the foundation from which the sustained growth has been able to be accomplished within Yogurtland. All right, let's turn our attention back to Manakadar. Before the break, we said we're going to ask you to tell us about a valuable lesson you learned that came from a difficult time or experience. Is there one in your uh, that you'd like to share with us, Mana? Yes, there is. Um, I was hoping to never have to relive this again, but I will for the sake of, um, you know, helping your audience. Um, you know, I oftentimes, you know, so many of us get um, people who tell us, well, you know, they, they, they sell us this great package, you know, in my case, um, you know, we're going to take your company from here to here, and we're going to make you a star, and you're going to be in every major retailer, you know, internationally. So I was so sold on um, what this company promised that they were going to do for me. And when the contracts came, I just thought, okay, well, you know, this is, this is you know, a basic contract. I, I really didn't shoot it over to my attorney, and I signed it. Well, you know, six months later, there were m- many, many things that started to go sideways. And, you know, had I taken the time to have my attorney just look at the contract and just adjust certain things, uh, minor things in the contract, I would have saved myself a lot of uh, stress, a lot of money, a lot of legal bills, and, um, you know, a lot of energy. Um, oftentimes when you're trying to run a company and you have, uh, you know, potential pending litigation, it just really distracts you from the actual operations of the company itself. So, you know, my best advice is really, you know, to have your attorney look over all of your contracts very carefully. And, you know, don't be afraid to um, object to anything in the contract. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you may feel that um, the other person has leverage over you, but, you know, you really need to take care of your best interests um, and come to some type of uh, res- resolution that's mutually beneficial. That is a great experience. I'm sorry that you had that experience, but it's a great <laughs> one to learn from, and it's a universal because once my experience is once you sign that piece of paper, regardless of how great the relationship seems to be between the two parties, the document governs all aspects of it that are written about. And at the end of the day, it's what's written on that paper that rules. I mean, you really have no recourse. I mean, many times. It's what you signed. You've agreed to it. Right. Absolutely. Let's talk about growth because January is our growth month here on Critical Mass, the radio show. And I'm wondering, what, where, do you see, where do you see the growth opportunities coming from? You talked a little bit about that earlier, but we're going to have you back on it at some point in the future. What's going to be different? What's your vision for kind of the next level for your brand and for your product line? I think 2013 is going to be a good year for Mana Kadar Cosmetics. Um, we are in discussions with 
um, you know, QVC, HSN, and um, some of the, like Ulta, for example, is another company that we're um, in uh, discussions with. So I think this year will be kind of a, a year, a breakout year for us where a lot of the, you know, a lot of our cult uh, consumers will be able to find our products on, you know, the shelves of some of the larger retailers in the marketplace. So we're focusing a lot of um, efforts and energy into really, um, you know, making those contracts come to fruition. Those are volume engines, aren't they? I mean, you could move a lot of volume on the, the names, of the, the platforms that you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the more people that, that get the product in their hands, I'm, I'm, I'm confident about the product. Everyone who tries it loves it. So it's not about the product. It's about getting people to try the product and, and then just having them, you know, share with other uh, women their experience and, you know, undoubtedly that they will, you know, be, you know, part of the, the Mana Kadar family. Um, as well. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of reaching a larger audience. Uh, from a different culture perspective, either, you know, subcultures, let's say, within the U.S. or the North American um, geography or, or globally, in your, for your industry, for your sector, how, how different is that and how much do you have to modify your message or change it or do you have to do that at all to appeal to either subgroups or to different um you know cultures in different countries around the world um i, I think there are slight tweaks that need to be made uh for for various countries for example you know in asia it's very coveted to have porcelain white skin as opposed to you know here in california it's it's great to have a tan um so you know, that's certainly a, a different uh, mindset as far as... I don't think I tell a lot of my new self-tanner in Asia, let's put it that way. So we wouldn't focus a lot of our energy on the on the self-tanner in that marketplace. But um, I think that I think the foundation for cosmetics um, globally is, is pretty simple. And I, I think that, you know, and that's what the company focuses on is, is really just um, providing women with really quality products that... Um, you know, that are really long-lasting and, and provide great color. And, you know, I think that's pretty universal. I think you're right. And um, this may be off the wall, and if you don't want to answer it, I respect that. I'm just curious because you, of your deep experience in this industry. Is there any culture in the world that you're aware of that have that men routinely wear any type of cosmetic product as a part of the cult and it's accepted as a part of the culture well i i mean i think we're living in one now i think you know there, there is such a shift where men are wearing cosmetics now i think that um a lot of these companies have great marketing teams that are calling it you know different that can call it skincare um but you know, I, I think there is a little bit of a shift where, where men are starting to wear a bit more, uh, you know, products for their, their face to cover, you know, blemishes or any any type of, um, you know, large pores. So we're starting to see that a lot here. Um, I haven't seen it out in my travels for just average everyday use. In fact, I probably have seen it here more, more than more than anywhere. Well, Southern California starts a lot of trends. I mean, it's, it's kind of what we're known for. And I'm encouraged, you know, I kind of asked that tongue in cheek and a little bit on pins and needles, not sure how you would respond, but you gave me a very thoughtful answer. And I appreciate that because, and I'm, and I'm not really kidding. I mean, I, in some ways, you know, there's a lot of 
men's products for hair and grooming it's becoming much more uh, accepted. And and I I'm, I was just curious, to, you know, if it's bleeding into other related products for men because it, we're we're an aging population here in the U.S. and um, it affects men as much as women, and and a lot of professions require that you kind of keep your youthful appearance. And and I think at times there are ways that men can do that. My produ- my engineer, who's a gruff, gray-bearded gentleman, doesn't see it that way. But you know, he's not as maybe in touch with some of the things that I am here on Critical Mass, the radio show. So, man, if someone wants to learn more about you and your cosmetic line, how do they find you online? Okay, so they can go to my uh, website, uh, manakadarcosmetics.com. Hey, thanks for being a friend of the program. I've enjoyed this uh, section. Uh, my engineer is trying to tell me something through the glass. I'm not quite sure what he was saying. I'm just going to say I really was looking forward to having you on a program. Continued success, and thanks for being a friend of the program. Thank you. Mana Kadar of Mana Kadar Cosmetics. That was our guest, and hopefully you've enjoyed that interview and picked up some great ideas. And I think her painful business lesson is one that I would like all of you to learn from and hopefully avoid in the future. That's part of the reason why we do the uh, radio show. Oh, my engineer has sent me a message asking me to spell Mana Kadar, and it's M-A-N-N-A-K-A-D-A-R, and it's Mana Kadar Cosmetics. So... Uh, thank you, Paul. I will spell that again. M-A-N-N-A-K-A-D-A-R cosmetics.com. All right. Well, this is Rick Franzi, host of Critical Mass Radio Show, Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, and Critical Mass Coast to Coast, all heard here exclusively on octalkradio.net, where we stream live every week, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions move your business in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show right here on octalkradio.net.